In 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 27, Paul says, I discipline my body and make it my slave. You know, we often forget, guys, that God has called us to steward the bodies he gave us so that we'll be ready, healthy, and spiritually dangerous to fight the good fight, whether it's working at your job, serving your God, protecting your bride, or being a great dad to your kids. That's why we're so excited to partner with Mountain Tough Fitness Lab. Mountain Tough Fitness Lab is run by Christian men who are passionate about training you to be your best version and to stay dangerous and ready for God. Join me on my journey by going to mountaintough.com. That's M-T-N-T-O-U-G-H and getting your free six-week trial when you type in the code ARENA30. You won't be disappointed. Stay dangerous. Guys, have you ever given what seems like an impossible prognosis? How do you deal with seemingly impossible odds to get the win? Find out how on today's inspiring episode. Men of the Arena Army, I salute you. Hey guys, thanks for listening to this episode of the Men of the Arena podcast, Spotify's number one podcast for Christian men. I'm Jim Ramos. I'm your host and your guide for today's episode, leading you to become your best version in the stress bubble of life and beyond. This week's hero story in our 2023 365 hero stories in 365 days is number 23, and it comes from Josh in Oregon. And Josh writes this. I haven't always connected well with my son. He's nine years old. We don't communicate well, and he tends to shut down when I correct him. I sometimes overreact, speaking harshly and feeling guilty. I need to be better and want to build a stronger relationship while there's still time to do so. The episode with Kirk Martin from Calm Parenting was eye-opening for me when I realized how my kids interpret what I'm saying, and it's given me tools that I can use to control my anxiety and to be a better parent. Man, Josh, thank you so much. That is outstanding, and that is a that was a great episode. And I'm actually using parts of Kirk's uh, interview with my adult children. So thank you so much, Kirk and Josh, for bringing that in. Josh, if you hit us up at info at menandarena.org with your physical address, we will send you some swag. So guys, stay tuned to the end of this interview when we throw out a man law today. And this man law came to me this week from Alabama. And guys, it is hilarious. So make sure you stay tuned to the end of the program. Hey guys, I'm super excited for this show today. I want to bring out a guy on the show who is one of our 41 push-up challenge finishers. And uh, man, I was so impressed with that podcast episode. If you have not seen that episode, you really need to go back and watch it. It was inspiring. I thought the guys who would come on the show that were the finishers would be these guys who are all jacked and, you know, do push-ups in their sleep. But man, these guys had overcome so much. We had a 12-year-old autistic boy who did the challenge after his dad tapped on the first day. We had a guy who had shoulder surgery. He was on the podcast still in his sling. We had a guy that had a shoulder injection to finish the podcast. That was me. We had a guy who had a hip replacement in the middle of the pot, uh, the push-up challenge. One guy uh, was over had overcome stage four cancer to do the challenge. One guy had was paralyzed to the challenge. And then we had Dustin Newman. Dustin is on our show today. He lives in Michigan with his beautiful wife of five years, Samantha. They have a one daughter who is 16 months old. Dustin builds and programs rechargeable batteries. Man, you got to listen to what he does. This is a cool, cool job that he has. In 2008, he was in a brutal motorcycle accident, 
and was told by doctors, listen to this, guys, he would never do a push-up for the rest of his life. But in 2022, before Christmas, he finished his 65,000 push-up. So I'm excited to get my new friend on here, Dustin Newman. Dustin, how you doing, man? Pretty good. Pretty good. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's great to have you on. I forgot to ask, how old are you? I'm 37. 37. So I'm just going to I'm just going to jump into this podcast because I was so impressed with how well you articulated your story and honestly, uh, honestly the impossible circumstances that surrounded your story, but I go back to Matthew 19:26 where Jesus said, "With people it's impossible, but with God all things are possible." And so I just want to have you go back to 2008 or tell us whatever you want about your story, but I definitely want you to include uh, the accident. Give us, hey, listen, we want the blood and guts, man. All the gory details. Yep. So so I was uh, out riding with some buddies. It was April 5th. It was actually very nice here in Michigan um, for April. And uh, we took off and we all were riding and uh, cruising around, whatever, you know, having fun, doing, dinking around, messing around. And uh, I ended up switching bikes with a buddy. He wanted to ride my bike. And because uh, I bought it from a friend. And they were roommates, and so he had rode that bike a bunch. So he was like, let me ride your bike, uh, or whatever. So I traded him, and I actually lost control of his bike mm. and went off the road. I, I cut across traffic and went down into the ditch. And as I'm getting back control of the bike, I hit a driveway, jump the driveway, lose, get off, my feet come off. They said I was doing like a full Superman, and then – land get as i'm getting back on the bike I, my left arm i hit a telephone pole in which so then i ended up so i broke my thumb in three places my wrist was in 40 shocked the nerves in my shoulder which paralyzed my left arm my left arm was in a sling for two full weeks and then come to find out later they were so worried about the wrist and the shoulder that i actually had fractured my elbow so that just healed Gosh. on its own so for probably like seven, eight years, I couldn't straighten my arm all the way. Oh, and, um, so after I hit the telephone pole, I went through, I, I was pulling myself back up. And by this point, it's my right arm only pulling myself back on this bike. So I remember hearing the rev limiter on a 1000 in second gear, which is about 90 miles an hour, give or take as I hit a planner box they had it was basically six by sixes built up with plants and a flagpole in their front yard i hit that shifted the whole thing i went over the handlebars hit my head on the other side had a helmet on hit my head on the other side did two complete flips knocked out i lost my helmet i lost both my gloves i lost my shoes and i lost one sock i was flipping so hard Landed in this driveway, and as I skid to a stop, my buddies came running up, and one took his belt off, unzipped his coat, and still to this day, he'll say he has no idea why he did that. He sat on me, and my foot was coming up towards my waist and the wrong way. So basically, my leg was coming up this way, and my foot was facing my body. And it was held on, that was holding on by a piece of a meat about the size of a quarter. And oh, 
He, so he he sat on my chest and and talked to me through and kept me calm. And another another guy that was with us, there was like eight of us. Another guy comes up and he's like, "What do I do?" And my buddy's like, "Make a tourniquet, wrap this around his leg, and pull it as, and hold it as tight as you can until paramedics get here." And so he did. And they they said at the hospital, if he wouldn't have done that, if they wouldn't have done that, I would have bled to death right there while he was holding me. I lost over half the blood in my body. Oh gosh! And had to get a bunch of blood at the hospital. So, I I I don't remember. I remember switching bikes. I don't re, re, remember making the right turn. I don't remember going past my wife's aunt and uncle's house. Uh, I I I remember a kid that was driving. The guy that was driving. I remember his voice. Him saying that. He would drive. He was just finishing up his paramedic training. And I remember his voice. My dad was there at this point, small town. So my dad's there at this point. The ambulance is there, paramedics. The the cop on the scene was actually my like second cousin's husband. Wow. I don't I don't remember him being there. Um, I don't remember my dad being there. But I remember switching bike and I remember that kid, the one kid's voice for whatever reason, I, don't, I have no idea. So then I, I've argued, well, I argued once with my wife that, so I was, I was with her back then. We were dating back then. And I was, I argued with her that day one was such and such a day. And it was actually day three. I don't remember from accident day to day three in the hospital. I have no, no recollection. So, um, eight surgeries, uh, six on my leg, two on my wrist. Uh, they, the wrist doctor told me I would get 30% motion back in my left wrist, which would not allow me to do a full normal push up to where I could bend. So that's like as far as I can bend my wrist right there. Whoa. And, and so to do it, and then my thumb, like when I'm here doing push ups, this thumb is actually like way in, it just doesn't, this whole thing doesn't work like it should. Whoa. So he told me I would never do a normal push up. He told me I would never do any type of rings, uh, gymnastic stuff. So I do handstand push ups. I do uh, ring dips and thing, ring muscle ups. Uh, I do bar muscle ups. Uh, I did 65,000 push ups last year. Um, and so, um, just kind of one of those things where I was like, all right, I, I'm going to do this. Like, I, it's fine if I can't do it, but I, I'm going to really try to push this wrist and see what it'll do. And he actually took the plates out, which then gave me a little bit more mobility in the wrist and which is, has helped. But I've done a lot of stretching to get that thing back far enough to be able to do a regular push up. And then with the leg, I, they, they ended up saving it. I had external fixator, um, which is big bars. I actually have it right here. Uh, this was in my leg, uh, on top of my leg, holding my leg together. So it was my the tibia out the front, compound fracture, tibia out the front, fibula out the back, or tibia out the front, tibia out the back, the little one. Yeah, either way. And yeah. the, the big one out the front, little one out the back, right? So um, I had – and then they had, they had 
cut me open to put everything back together and get me in shape so that I had that external because I couldn't have a normal cast due to they, they were worried about infection and having the open wound. So I had that um, external for almost a year. And then once once the the wound was healed, they um, put a normal cast on me. And so I was on crutches over a year. I did 23 full days in the hospital, um, back and forth to the hospital uh, for six different surgeries on the leg, um, including the time in the hospital and then the plates in and plates out of the wrist, uh, made eight surgeries there. And then, uh, um, I got a bunch of hardware here. I, I can show you too. the plates that were in my wrist and stuff are sitting right here. Um, so, but they told me I, I would, uh, have to take it easy on my running. I wouldn't really run, you know, maybe a mile. Um, I run with my wife on and off now. I've done many 5Ks. I've done a uh, couple Spartan races. I want to do uh, the Ragnar race this year, which is a 24-hour relay race. And you have to run three legs in 24 hours, and you have a team of eight. My wow. wife did it. My wife did it last year, and it looked uh, it looked like a blast. So that's my goal this year is to to get that in and uh, see how the see how the leg holds up this year. So wow. So a couple questions. Yeah. So were you guys riding uh, road bikes or dirt bikes? No road bikes. So I was on okay. a on a cross rocket. Okay. Oh, oh, so okay. You're going 90 miles an hour. You were estimating. You said you hit a flagpole with your shoulder. So I hit I hit a telephone pole. Oh, because you also pole. said something about a flagpole over yep. some planters. Yeah. So, 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 so so there. So I hit first. I hit the telephone pole. That's what did my left arm in. And as I'm trying to pull myself back on the bike, there was a there was a big planter. It was probably like the size of a pool table. And it was about three foot high, built up of six by sixes, full of dirt, two big flowers growing out of it, and then a flagpole in the center. And that's oh. that's where I ended as I hit that, went over the bars, doing the flips, and ended in the driveway. So you didn't and maybe I missed this in all the gore, which I love by the way, but I I didn't catch the damage to your shoulder. It sounds like you had extensive damage there, but I didn't catch that. Did I miss that? Nope. So so the damage was from hitting the telephone pole. And Makes sense. It, and then it so it, sh it shocked the nerves in my shoulder from oh. from the impact of the hit. So so my left arm was completely paralyzed for two weeks. Oh so wow. I, to get up and walk, I had a walker. I had to strap my left arm into this walker, and then and then use my right arm to propel myself forward with the walker, and then hop, and then do it again. So I didn't do that very much in the first two weeks. I didn't move out of the bed very much in the first two weeks. So, so besides shocking the nerves, you didn't have significant damage to the shoulder. No. So the the shoulder was fine. It, it was, it, it just took, took the blunt, but, but with riding like this, so my hands are out front, right? Yeah. So that telephone pole hit here. And I think I mostly glanced off from it. It just hit hard enough that it did shock the nerves, but my, wow. Uh, but my elbow was fractured, was broke. And then my wrist and my thumb 
and, and your I wrist broke, was I, I broke some ribs on that side too but and your wrist was broken into 41 pieces you said they said yeah they said 40 pieces 40 yeah oh my gosh okay i'm just trying to get all the information mm-hmm. so that's an 08 so how did you hear about this push up challenge where did you hear about this so so i have been into fitness for i i went through like a little bit of a depression time mm-hmm. sitting on the couch and doing nothing and and then smoking cigarettes and drinking pops and being unhealthy and you know all that and my wife and i actually moved to california and that's when i kind of started getting into fitness and then fast forward coming back here and really being into fitness and working out and then i met a buddy of mine matt um, through church. So I go to 242, um, up here in Michigan and, uh, I met him, I met them there, him and his wife, and they were in our small group and they're our small group leader. Mm-hmm. We did, we did a program called rooted and, uh, Oh, I know rooted. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you, and you go through a book and you do all this stuff. And so my wife and I did that and, uh, and we kept our group together and we stayed as a small group and we met at Matt and Mandy's house and, and, uh, amazing people. And so, Matt turned me on to your podcast and he had, he had mentioned it and I just had, I hadn't listened to any of them. And then he said, Hey, you got to listen to this 65,000 pushup challenge. So then I, I listened and then I, then I was addicted. I started listening to more and more and I, I've listened to a bunch now and then. And I, uh, and so, so my buddy, Matt, a small group leader, church, uh, church goer, inspiration of mine helps me through, uh, uh, any anything and everything, I, you know, I can call him about uh, fitness. I can call him about my wife. I can call him about my daughter. You know, anything that I would call him, this guy would would drop whatever to 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 talk to me and help pray for me or or, or whatever the case, whatever I needed. And uh, so that's how I learned about the challenge. I was I had challenged my buddies. There was three of us to five thousand pushups in January of twenty twenty two and 1000 pull-ups and so we were in the middle of that we were towards i don't know it was like the 20 to 25th of january when he told me about the 65,000. and i was like well i I did the math and i'm like at 5400 a month i'm not far off like yeah so i was like "Ah, yeah i'm gonna do this and uh my wife was like she's on board she's a big runner so she's like yeah you know go for it i'll do some push-ups with you so she's been right along doing you know a thousand or so every month she may do more than that two thousand a month here and there yeah. but um she's 105 pound runner she's not a big you know yeah lifter of any time yeah. so so to to have her jump in and do some push-ups and at night when i'm like all right i'll do some push-ups tomorrow she's like let's let's knock out 25 like okay let's do 25 so 25 ends up leading into 100 or what you know and then then i'm like okay I feel better about myself. Thank you for pushing me to to do that. And so she's always been a big in, inspiration in my fitness and, and working out has, has been my wife. She's she's always been big runner and into fitness. Yep. So she pushes me a lot and in that in like that in that instance of probably twenty five nights throughout the year where she was like, All right, let's do some push ups. You know, not a, not even saying like, let's go work out. That's I don't even know, you know, I can't even tell you how many times like all right, let's go work out. All right, let's do some, I got to do push-ups. So push-ups were programmed and she did every mm-hmm, one of them mm-hmm. with me. So, 
Well, you know, it's yeah. really interesting. I, I hear you saying that you have a strong wife and it's really funny because, you know, we've got this incredible men's ministry that reaches countries all around the world. And people assume that because I'm a big guy and I played football and I like to shoot things. I mean, everything's behind me. You can tell that somehow I'm anti that. And I'm actually anti weak women. I'm yeah. very pro the stronger, the woman, the stronger the man will be. And that's yep. what people don't realize. The West was not won by uh, the the cult, uh, the long cult. The West was won by women who gave their lives to Jesus and wouldn't let their men have them until they put the ring on the finger. And so I'm a big fan of strong women. So tell your yeah. wife, thank you. Uh, she definitely is one of my heroes. And so I have a question. What? So you you got these guys in this push-up challenge with you, uh, Matt and others, or they started that first month. How many finished with you anybody else finish so so none of those guys so so the two guys that i sent that challenge to that i i sent it out to a few guys and, yeah and there was three of us doing it and uh the other two they did their five thousand and their one thousand okay and then and then they were done they didn't want any part of sixty five thousand. and then my buddy matt who turned me on to it he um he was not in on that Five thousand oh, okay. and one thousand. So he just turned me on to it. And so then um really after that is when him and I became a lot closer in the fitness portion of things. We would talk fitness here and there, but mostly him and I was church stuff and you know, doing that and and uh so we um we've become really close in the past year and a half now or so. Okay. Two years, whatever. So um so yeah, so the other guys did not do it. Well, I just didn't know if you had done with other groups or not. So my question is then, so so at what point did you realize that the doctors were wrong in their prognosis? They'd given you an impossible prognosis. At some point you had to realize either one, they're wrong, or two, they're right and I'm going to beat it. Which one was it? So at first, right away, it was like, okay, what can I do? in the long run to, to, uh, to get back to running, to get back to working out. Cause I did work out. I had like a bench in my basement as a kid and then I played basketball. So like my fitness was very limited, but, but more of just lifting a little bit here and there, you know, the typical young man bench and biceps yeah. every day, you know, I, that was, that was what we did. And then, um, and then I would go play pickup basketball couple days a week. And so I was, that was my cardio. And, and then at the time I worked construction, so I was lifting stuff and building bridges and, you know, I, I was getting workouts in, in that, in that way. Yeah. And, uh, um, I don't remember the question now. I'm sorry. <laughs> the, I was, I was so enthralled. I almost forgot. So the question was, when did you realize the doctors were wrong or did you realize they were right and you were going to beat it anyway? I mean, what was going on yes. in your head? So, so at, you've got, at, yeah. At first I, I was like, okay, what, what can I do to, 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 to switch? And, you know, if I have to do pushups on, on my fist or, you know, maybe I never do a push up again. Maybe I just get strong and I wear wraps for the bench. You know, I was like, all right, I'll, I'll take it. You know what? It is what it is. If I don't run, very far in my life. I've never been a big runner. That's, that's also fine. You know? So I was like, okay, uh, I'll accept that. And, and I just kind of accepted it. And five years went by where I really didn't work out. I didn't do a whole lot. I, I was 
very skinny and had a little belly and I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, this, this sucks. Like, yeah, I got to do something or I'm never gonna, I'm never going to be able to do a push up or I'm never going to be able to run and, and strictly based off from being unhealthy. So yeah. in that moment at that five, that five year mark is when I, my mindset changed and it went from, okay, whatever. If I can't do it, I can't do it to, I'm going to do it. I, I can do this. I can do a push up. Let me see. Did it hurt? Yeah, it did. The, the first one hurt, but I did it. You know, and, and I can't tell you how many I did that first day, but it was like nine years ago. But ever since then, that, that five year mark, whatever it was, something flipped in my brain and I switched from maybe I'll never do this to I can do this. I'm mm. going to do this. So I don't know what, it, you know, I don't know what it was, what it, whether it be, you know, just decided I was done being lazy, you know, or, yeah, I, I don't know. I have no, I couldn't tell you why. But it was right at that five year mark. I, I remember the fifth year anniversary. I remember I, could, I, I know exactly where I was. I was sitting in my apartment in Sacramento, California. Uh, I was actually alone. I wasn't even my, my roommate was there, but I wasn't mm -hmm. talking to him about it or nothing like that. You know, he knew he knew that it was my anniversary and I had talked to my wife and stuff. But it was I was sitting on the couch and I was like, I, I got to do something. And I actually went for a walk around the apartment complex that day. Like I, I got to start moving, and I, and that's when I, that's when I knew I could, I was gonna do it. Like whatever it took, I was gonna do it. So you made a decision in the accident was 08. By 2013, on the anniversary of the accident, accident, you made a decision that you were going to do something, and so yes. that decision led to an investment in your physical body through fitness and exercise. So. Okay, this is really good. So, so now you decide to do the challenge. You had already committed to five thousand push-ups with some of your bros, and then you launched into our challenge in late January, early February. At what point in that challenge did you realize you were going to get through all sixty-five thousand? This is a critical question for me. I personally, I knew the day that I committed. I, I said. I'm going to do this. I, I'm either going to have to get hurt, injured of some sort to where I cannot finish or I'm going to finish. Mm -hmm. Like I, I signed up, I'm going to finish. And so here we are. Yeah. And I thought it was really interesting. Every one of the guys in the challenge said the same thing, hundred percent. So we had 400 people plus or minus, I maybe more plus that committed 41 mm -hmm. that finished. And all of those said that, and one of those was a 12 year old autistic boy whose dad did him for one day and quit. And so in my brain, I go through, what is it about these guys? And I thought they were, they would be guys who were highly athletic and, you know, they could do pushups all day long, but it really mm -hmm. didn't play out that way. And I was very surprised. Let me ask this question. You've been married five years. How, how is your commitment to the pushup challenge? How does that relate to your commitment to your wife? I mean, do you know right now that you will never lose that woman? Never. I mean, you, you, so so divorce is not an option? Not an do, option. Do not, you think, not for me, not for her. Yeah. So my question, I'm, I'm trying to get inside the mentality of, of finishers versus non-finishers. So 
you know, we live in a, a society where, you know, you get married, it's a coin toss, whether you make it or not. Right. But, but really it isn't, <laughs> it really isn't it's because true. here's why it isn't because first of all, couples that pray together have a one in 10,000 chance of getting divorced. So we know that that is true. The other thing is there are certain couples that intermarriage and, and they really take that death to us part thing serious. Mm-hmm. And so there, so I think, you know, my wife and I've had a real high maintenance marriage, but after 30 years, man, we are so close and man, we're so connected, but we'll tell you, we'll tell people we're still married today because of Jesus and stubbornness. And I'm not sure that's the order. <laughs> You're right. Right. And it's, it's the same. It's the same for us. I mean, um, we are, we are the same, same way we have, we have our problems. You know, yeah. we, we do, we have, we have a 16 month old daughter who, frankly, is a pain in my butt. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's, it's tough. And for the first year, she didn't sleep through the night, but a handful of times, mm. seven, the first seven months, she never, she did sleep yeah. through the night once. And, and it was, you know, waking up, feeding her sometimes two or three times in the night. And, uh, and she was, she was small and she still is fairly small, but she, she needed to eat in the night and, you know, sometimes my wife works nights and mm-hmm. sometimes she works days. She's a nurse practitioner for the University of Michigan. So she, she, she works different, different hours every week. I tell her, okay, you just let me know what your schedule is this week and I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll take care of Penelope when I, you know, with the time that I need to, you know, and, and we work things out. She, she gets up early to work out and, I usually work out in the evenings and, you know, this, we, we talk everything through and we, we make a, we make a plan and we make it work. And, and, uh, you know, to, to have kids and to have the wife, you got to do that. You got to have a plan and you got to be able to talk to each other or it's never going to work. Well, you know, it's interesting, Dustin, you know, I, I'm really not interested in guys walking away from this podcast going, I can do pushups. And that's really, and you know that, you know that. You know, and so when we're having this conversation, I'm trying to get inside the mind of a guy who really shouldn't have done this challenge, who did it anyway, who was told he would never do a push up and did them anyway, uh, never do a muscle up and did them anyway, never run and did it anyway. And so I'm trying to sift out. It's like cutting through, like when I skin an animal and I'm staking out a deer, I'm, I've got my knife and I'm, and I'm cutting the sinew out of the muscle to get to where the steak is going to be. And, and so I'm trying to figure that out. So what, you know, what is it that separates committed finishers from non-committal non-finishers? And, and I think it transcends fitness. It, tra- it transcends into, it, you know, moves into marriage. It moves into all aspects of life. So what are your thoughts on that? What separated you from the 360 other dudes that didn't finish? You know, I, dedication i've been dedicated to to things in my life when i when i do something i do it 100 percent. when mm-hmm. i you know i've i've tried to to build cars and you know i put i put everything to that like i have a i have a gym here in my house mm-hmm. and it's in my it's my whole garage is a full gym and my wife told me that she wanted to park in there and i I don't know how you're going to do that. There's, there's no room. And so I'm like, I, I can move things, but <laughs> you're, you know, it's going to be a hassle. And 
all the water and you know and and uh, so we we ended up compromising and I won. It's a gym, so we're uh, we're still good there. I got I got that going, but <laughs> you know I I just I go all in. I dive head first into things. Yeah, and, and you know and a, a lot of my friends will say that like oh you 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 do things and you do it to the fullest and I'm like well isn't that the the only way like I don't I don't know how to do it any other way yeah so I, I think I think just just being dedicated just making that commitment to yourself and being truthful with yourself and like okay if, if I, I don't feel like I could do 65,000 and that was where my buddy Matt was like, I don't think I could do 65,000. Like, okay, well then don't sign up for the challenge, right? Yeah. Work, work your way into this. And so like he's doing the coast to coast challenge because he feels oh, cool. Like, he feels like he can walk, run, bike, row and, and get this done. And they, it's him and his wife and his son and, and they've included his, his son in and they, and that's, you know, this family bonding thing that they're doing right now. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you know, if you, if you don't feel like you can do it, then why sign up? You know, I, I just, if I'm going to do something, if I say I'm going to do it, I'm going to go do it. And, you know, it was, it was, uh, I got introduced into doing triathlons last year. And so I, I did two sprint triathlons, nothing crazy far, but the swim was a half mile. And I thought I was a good swimmer until I hit the water with other people. <laughs> and, and then I, then I freaked out. I, I, I swam on my back for, for like two minutes to calm myself and get my, catch my breath and relax. And then I flipped over and then I swam and I was fine. But I thought I was ready and I wasn't, not at all. But I was committed and I was like, I, I could see the shore. I, you could turn around right now. Mm -hmm. you know, no one's going to, your, you know, your wife and daughter are going to give you a hug and tell you good job. Let's go home, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. pat you on the back and say, good job, but you know, you either need to practice or don't sign up for another one. And so ultimately I quit, I kept swimming. So, you know what you made, you made a inner, you got, you said two real powerful things here and I, I don't want to just lightly coast over these things. You could see the shore and your family was there and your family wouldn't have shamed you for quitting in fact, in a lot of situations, our fam those closest to us are the ones encouraging us to tap. When my right. shoulder, I blew out my shoulder and I couldn't raise my arm. I still can't very well. I haven't done a push-up since the challenge. It's been over a month because my shoulder, I'm trying to heal up. But my wife actually was begging me, not begging me, but commanding that I quit and call, you know, what yeah. are you doing? I'm like, well, right. and so and she's she's not a quitter, but she saw the pain and she thought I was damaging myself permanently. Right. And so there, so what I'm saying is a lot of times people will encourage you to tap and they're the same people who are in your inner circle. How, how do you handle that when the people closest to you who want you to win are encouraging you to tap? You know, luckily I don't have many people in my circle that are encouraging me to tap on things. But I do know, you know, I, I have had people say, why are you doing this? And, mm -hmm. you know, what's, what's the point of 65,000 pushups? And, um, I don't know. Cause somebody told me about it, you know, that, mm -hmm. was, that was my mindset. Like somebody said it and 
I thought I could do it. So here I am challenging myself to do it and I'm going to do it. And, but you know, I don't know. You, you have to, no matter what, there's all, you're always going to have haters. Everybody's going to say, Oh, you know, this person didn't actually do 65,000 did, did 41 guys actually finished. Like I truly believe that 41 guys actually finished, you know, like, but you're always going to have those people that, that say, you know, do, did, did you really do like I did Murph every month for the year. And I challenged myself. I did it a couple times. My wife and I did a double Murph. Um, and that was brutal. I don't recommend doing double Murph. It's did terrible. you have any calluses rip off your hand? Um, a couple of times I did in that yeah. one in that one. No, luckily I was, I was good, um, on the pull-ups. I did it unvested. I did double Murph unvested. Yeah. I did not wear the yeah. vest for that. Um, so I did not have, I was, I was close. I was like maybe two more rounds of pull-ups and I was, I was so, ripping skin off. Ripping baby spots, Cra- crater yeah. time. So, well, th- so, I thought you said something real powerful. Yeah. The Murph is what one mile warm up. I saw, I read a book and, and a guy was, calling a Murph something different than what I know, but the Murph I know is one mile run as a buy-in and 100 pull-ups, 200 air push squats, ups, push-ups, push-ups, push-ups three. and 300 air squats, and then a mile to finish. So th- for mm-hmm. those of you who are wondering, so you said something real powerful. You said, I don't really have a lot of people in my inner circle that encourage me to tap. And, and guys, I want you just to stop and I want you to ponder that. Do you have people in your inner circle that will affirm your tapping and your quitting? If you do, you need to change your inner circle. It's really simple. But you said something else that was powerful, and I don't, you kind of skated over it. A lot of times, some of these things are so innate within us, we don't think they're a big deal, but they actually are a big deal. You you said something real interesting because, and I think this is a problem. And I, last night I, I spoke to a, a local group of men here and my message was being a man of your word. And I think what happens a lot of times is guys commit without counting the cost. Jesus had something to say about that, by the way. And, and you had said, well, you know, I typically don't commit unless I know I can finish. Can you unpack that a little more? So typically for me, I just, I put in the work. Like I have, I have, like I said, I did Murph every month for the year because I wanted to, I wanted to have a good Murph time. I, I want to beat people at the, at the local gym. I work out in my house. So like, I love going to the local CrossFits and beating people in <laughs> workouts. Oh my gosh. That would be so hilarious. And they, and they say, well, where, where do you work out? Well, I work out at home. You work out alone? Yeah, my, I work out my, alone. By, my free garage gym. My free yep. garage gym. <laughs> yep. And and so I um I send out the invite to all, all my friends a lot and and guys guys come over and work out here and there with me and and we usually do do Murph here. We do like a 9/11 tribute workout here and we'll make up something tough and go after it. But for me, I I I put in the work and I know that I'm going to do these things that I want to do. And I set my mind to, I would like this year, I want to run a half marathon. I want to run that, um, that Ragnar race, which is a half marathon mm-hmm. distance or, or just over that in a 24 hour period. And so you run at night, you run with headlamps and, and whatnot. And, uh, 
looked amazing. It looked awesome. I mean, my, mm-hmm. my wife loved every second of it and I was there to cheer her on and I was, I was bummed that I wasn't doing it. And so I, I prepare myself to go to, to war, go to battle, whatever mm. you want to, however you want to say, I, I prepare myself to do that with, with fitness and everything. And, but at the same time, try to be this gentle man with my wife and my daughter. Mm-hmm. I, saw, I saw a shirt today. I wish I could remember the quote that was on it, but it was basically like, prepare yourself for war, but know that you're in, uh, I'm butchering it. I don't know. I can't remember exactly, but, but it was basically like prepare yourself for the, for war, but knowing that you're not at war. Right. And, and I just don't, I don't like to lose at things. Wait, hold on. Is hold on. Is the quote, it's a Spartan quote is the quote. He who, he who sweats in practice does not bleed on the battlefield. Is that the quote? Oh no, that's not it, but that's a good one. Oh yeah. That is a good good one. one. Yeah, Yeah. He who sweats, he who sweats in practice does not bleed on in battle. Oh, yeah, it sounded good, kind of Spartanish like to me. Well, so so this is interesting as I'm processing this, but you, you you're saying things, but I want to unpack it more. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you you prepare yourself, but I think a lot of times what happens, and this is a fairly not fairly new learning for me, but I've really been focusing on this learning, is is I prepare myself for battle by reverse engineering the victory okay yep does this make sense yeah yeah yeah. so so how so like when i got when i i won't marry couples unless they sit down and think about all of the life scenarios and divorce is never an option right so what if my wife gets parkinson's i've got a friend george silsky he's he's ministering to his wife right now who's suffering from that what if my wife gets alzheimer's what if my wife gets Cancer. I mean, I, my friend Bob Mason nurtured his wife through cancer all the way until she uh, died. You know, what What if I have a child that dies? How does my marriage, you know, really processing these horrible things in life, going out 80 years and reverse engineering it? You know, what if I do 65,000? What does that look like? Well, it's 5,400 a week. Or right. I'm sorry, it's 5,400 a month. It's a month. 255 days a week. It's 206 days a week. So reverse engineering. I think a lot of times, uh, people don't prepare for battle. And I mean, they go, yes, I'm going to do this. And they don't really think about the cost. Right. What will it cost? I've got a young man. I call him my, uh, he's my, ado- one of my, he's my adopted son. It's, he's a guy I've adopted kind of. A, and uh, he's just a neat, neat guy. And last year he went duck hunting in this refuge up in Portland about 50 times. He just lived in the refuge. But this year he went once or twice. And the difference, he had a, ba- they had a baby. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, Hey, I know that was hard for you, but I'm proud of you because that's what a man does. Mm-hmm. So, but a guy's got to think about this, right? Right. You, you know, you got to, so how, how has reverse engineering, I don't even know if it has, but has reverse engineering played a factor in your ability to commit to turning impossible circumstances into reality? So I think so. I think I, I think I do that without really knowing that I did that. Uh, you know, now that you say it, I'm like, okay, yeah, that's, that's basically my life. Yes. Well, let's take the Murph. Okay. Let's take the Murph. I did the Murph once. I had no idea what the Murph was is Memorial day weekend. And they had a, yeah. a, a this hero wad. Right. So yeah. I did the Murph. So I walk in, I go, Oh my gosh. 
And yeah. so, you know, now, now listen, I didn't reverse it. I finished, but here's what I did. I ran a mile. I did a hundred pull-ups and then I did 200 push-ups, and then I did 300 air squats. If I had a brain, I would have went 5, 10, 15, and I would have right. done that. <laughs> 5, 10, 15, 5, 10, 15. I literally right. did 100 push-ups. So I was at the point where I do one and step down, one and step down. I didn't pro I didn't reverse engineer it, but I bet you that I'm going to bet you this. I'll bet you your left arm on this. No, let's not do that because you, you, uh, I would rather have my left arm than yours. But let's do that. Let's think this. When you did the double Murph, did you do 100, 200, 300, or you, did you reverse engineer it and say, you know, I need to break this down to working units? Yep. So I did. I did the double Murph. We did it in 5, 10, 15. So we did 20 rounds, went for a two-mile run, came back to 20, 20 rounds, and then went for our final mile run. Um, I've done the, the Murph in – I've never done the Murph the way you just described it. The dumb never. guy way. Never once, but that is the technically the real way to do Murph is the way oh. you just described it is the way if you want to break the Guinness Book of World Records for time for Murph, you have to do it exactly oh. how you described it. Oh, I didn't know that. I just thought I was yep. being an idiot. Nope, nope. So that's the that's the real way um, to do it. So I've never done it that way. I've never I've always broke it down into sections. I've done either you know uh, five, ten, fifteen. Or I've done it in 10, 20, 30. Um, I even did it 20, 40, 60 once for five rounds. And to to try to do 20 pull-ups for five rounds is a nightmare. It's legit. So yeah. all I'm saying is I think when it comes to making something impossible a reality, you can't just wing it. Man, no. you cannot wing your marriage. You've got to go to premarital counseling. You've got to process, you know, the consequences of living together before you're married. You got to process all of these things, you know. And I, I think this is critical for the success. Uh, and you know, like what you did with a push-up challenge, you you decided I'm doing it, I'm not gonna tap, and now let's work backwards from there and get there. Yeah, and you know, you asked the question of when I knew I'd finish. Like I, I thought I'd finish at the beginning. But when yeah. I hit when I hit forty thousand, I was like, I'm I'm golden. I'm in there. I'm done. Like I, I was I was there. When I hit when, when I got to so then October November, I did a bunch leading up, and and then October November I fell off because of deer hunting season. So bow season in Michigan is October first. So I was bow hunting every weekend I possibly could. I mean I was packing my daughter, I was packing all my stuff. And we were either staying at my sister's, my sister-in-law's, or my mom's. Like I was, I was at one of them places every single weekend, so I could hunt. And I'm like, "Here's my kid, watch her." And luckily, they all love her and would take her every single weekend if they could. So it worked out great for me. So October, November was slow for me, and yeah. I was, I would do push-ups with the kids here and there, and like I'd find myself trying to do like a hundred at night or 200 before bed. And I'm like, I got to do, you know, and then I'd be out hunting the next day and, and you know, and it just, I'd, I'd get in the zone and, and, uh, in the weekends where it just, you know, it just, it wasn't happening for me. And I was being lazy. It was all it was. I was just being lazy. And, uh, so come December, I was like, I got like six, 
5,500-ish push-ups to do. And <laughs> I was like, I better get to work. Yeah. And so I, I started going and I got I got a second wind in December and I did like 60, I think it was like 6,700 push-ups before Christmas. And in like 23 days, I did 6,700 push-ups. And it was just, wow. you know, one of those things. And like, I, I, I got to finish. I can't quit on this thing. I need to finish. So I'm going to do these push-ups. I, I did this to myself by not being consistent through the two months. And, you know, like I say, just deer hunting took, uh, took priority over. Push-ups. Well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you what, you'll be encouraged with this because, uh, if you ever fly out to Oregon, I just got seven 3d targets donated to our organization. Oh, nice. So I'm going to hopefully procure a few more and create our own little thing. But uh, right. this is really good. So I want to end on this question because because I got we I think everybody in the challenge had lazy moments where we're having to make up a thousand push-ups or you're on a trip or you have one guy had hip replacement surgery. So right. that we have these moments where we have to make it up. And you said, and I want to call you on this because you said lazy. When people say lazy, they often think of lounging around doing nothing. Well, you were not being physically lazy, but you were being mentally lazy, mm-hmm. right? So mm-hmm. how did how how did you work through? And here's what I have found for me uh, with the push up challenge and with marriage. I, you know, I, I kind of can couple this with my how I deal with my marriage. It was a I limped along for years, but then Shannon and I caught stride at about year twenty. We caught a rhythm, and I and for the push up challenge, I was really struggling mentally with being mentally lazy and not ripping out the pushups until about May, I caught a rhythm. Once I mm-hmm. caught a rhythm and that rhythm, I was doing uh, sets of 25. I had 10 sets of 25 a day. And then I got into uh fall and I hit another rhythm and I went to reps of 50 and it was just over by is over, but there's yeah. a rhythm that has to come with working through the battle of your laziness. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, I, um, yeah, I wasn't physically being lazy. Like I was, Correct. I was out hunting. I was moving. I was walking through the woods. I was dragging deer. We, uh, my brother-in-law shot a big ten this year. I shot a, a decent eight this year. Um, so we, uh, we were, we were, we had our work cut out for us. So we, we were cutting up deer, and you know, yeah, we were, totally. I understand. We, I totally we were understand doing it. it. But yeah, but uh, but yeah, I was just mentally. I would, I would check out. I would sit in the stand, and then I'd get out, come in. I may even actually be physically lazy and sit on the couch for a little while. But it was it was still, uh, you know, I wasn't even I, I just would like check out and not even think about doing it. And I'm like, oh, you idiot. Why didn't you do push ups when you were just lounging or, you know, when you, yeah. you, were, you were there? And then I'm like, OK, tonight after I get out of the woods, I'm going to go back and hunt. And then someone we'd kill a deer. Or something would happen or, you know, somebody would call on one hand. You know, it's like, OK, I'll do it tonight and then get ready to go to bed. And then you're like, all right do like a hundred and then go to bed. And it's like just being, being mentally, mentally. Well, what you were doing there, and this is what this happened to me as well with traveling and different things. You know, I reverse engineered my success into working parts, but then I realized that throughout the course of life, I wasn't able to get into that rhythm. And so after pushing through that rhythm, it worked for me really nicely. But I think, rhythms you know people say well why is my marriage a mess well when's the last time you've had a date night never we had a guy on our podcast jim shields he just was on the podcast 
last week and he recommends a weekly date night. And Shannon and I did that all through our marriage. The kids are in the house. And I think that was a game changer. So it's, it's what rhythm can I do to find success? Okay. So I can reverse engineer things backwards and then get into a rhythm. And so, and that's what I thought was really exciting about you is that you were told that you would never be able to get into a rhythm. Right. Right. So we created one. Yeah. We, yeah, I, I just worked and, and made that happen. And then, then this is, Falling in, and here we are. Twenty, you know, twenty twenty two is sixty five thousand pushups. So, so what do you say for your two thousand twenty three? What are you doing to challenge yourself? So we're doing, we are doing the coast to coast. My wife and I are doing that. Oh, um, you are doing it. Okay, yep, cool. Yep, we're doing that. And then I actually sent out uh, before I knew what what your challenge was um, when I was still doing the pushups. So early December, maybe even late late November, early December, I actually sent out a challenge to a bunch of my friends. And I said, instead of making an, a, a new year's resolution, come up with 10 goals, 10 goals for 2023 and give yourself good goals to go out and get uh-huh. and, and make, make some of them hard, make them maybe so they're not actually achievable. Maybe it's something that, you know, you want to do and, and work your butt off to get there. And if you don't, well, then you, if you don't get it, you, you work your butt off. Yeah. For and, sure. and, uh, and I had, I, I've had a handful of people, um, reach, reach back to me and send me their list. And so now I keep in contact with them and, and try to try to push them through their, through their goals and stuff. But one of my wife and I's goals is to date every month. Yeah. So once a month, at least once a month. We're going to go and physically get a babysitter and go on an actual date, not put her to bed and watch a TV show or watch a yeah. movie. Like, yeah. you know, we're going to go out and do something together where we have to get dressed up. We're not wearing sweatpants on the couch. We're getting dressed up. We're going to go out and we're going to go have a good time. And uh, so that's, well, that's, that's, that's a great one goal. of our goals together is to, to really – prioritized our marriage because last year was tough with with having an infant in the house and and uh yeah um, you know and you're you're it's a guessing game on is she wet is she hungry is she tired what's what's you yeah. know is you know and then waking up three times in the night and i'm irritated she's irritated then we're next thing you know we're irritated at each other for you know for no reason so yep yep well so our family I partnered up with my family this for this challenge. We're going to go coast to coast and back. Oh, nice! So Good. we've reverse engineered it. That's sixty miles, six hundred miles a month as a team. Okay. This this month we logged seven twenty four. But me personally, I want to do two thousand just me, and I've got a back injury. It goes back to my CrossFit days, by the way. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I, I, I'm my goal is two hundred a month in miles, or two thousand a year in miles, yeah. which is forty miles a week. So that's my goal. So okay. 40, 40, 40, 40, 40, if I can yep. hit 160 in a month. So, but again, it comes back to what you're saying. This is the goal, reverse engineer it, get in a rhythm. Right. And so uh, that's great. Hey man, I really appreciate you coming on the show today, man. Uh, thank you so much. Anything you yeah. want to say uh, to, to close us out here? It, it, no, it was, it was awesome. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, actually, I, I guess I should plug my, my stuff. So I got uh, uh, Instagram is, raw underscore garage underscore gym underscore dustin um and then facebook there's a raw garage gym page where you can follow really my garage on facebook and there's just dustin newman on uh on facebook um so you gotta hit me up because i have a garage gym 
All right. Yeah. Cool. And, and want want So my, you want to hear my two things in my Christmas list? Are you yeah. ready? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, dude, I want to get the 73 pound on it. Gorilla kettlebell. Yeah. I want it. And I want to get the Sasquatch eventually the 90, 93, 95. But here's the new thing I want to get. I'm, this is the thing I'm going to get. I want to get those uh, Dave Thomas dumbbells. Have you seen those? No, I don't think so. Oh, they are legit. You put your hand into a cannonball. Basically, oh, a, yeah. they're like a yeah. cannonball. They're just awesome. So yeah. to me, I've been using dumbbells all my life. I'm ready to do something different. So yeah. these look more uh, ergonomic. They look more efficient as far as, as a lever goes. Yeah. So that's Cameron. my, so, so hit me up, send me a personal message. I'll yeah. follow you because I'm, I'm Perfect. really a, uh, I love looking at garage gyms and we've yeah, got the horse I, stall mats and, and you'll yep. love my garage gym. Cause you know what? My wife gets to park in it. Oh, nice. Oh yeah. yeah. Don't, don't, don't be jealous. Don't I won't, be jealous. I'll, I've been I'm married not, 30 years, so maybe I've learned a few things, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I won't, uh, I won't show my wife your garage gym then. Yeah. You don't want to do that, man. Don't want to do that. So, hey man, well, you have to, you have to get a hold of one of our men in the arena flags and throw it up on your, do you have flags in there? Yeah, I do. I have a couple. Yeah, I'll get one and All right. hang it up in there for sure. That's All right. Awesome. H- hit me up with that. We'll take care of you. So, hey, man, thanks for coming on the show. Guys, what action steps are you going to take because of what you heard today? And here it is. I want you to do what Dustin was saying. Find one goal this year. No, it is not too late. Find a goal that you're going to accomplish by December. Write it down. Reverse engineer it. Get in a rhythm. And then hit us up at the end of the year. Celebrate your victory story with us as we try to find 365 victory stories in 365 days. So, hey, Dustin, thanks so much for coming on the show. God bless you. I look forward to following your garage gym, man. Yeah, thanks. Have a great day. All right, you too. Hey, guys, our man laws are supplied by you, our listeners. If we use your man law, we'll send you some swag when you hit us up at info at org with your physical address. This week's Man Law comes from my friend Rich in Alabama. I just saw him out there speaking last week, and he said this. No matter how good the soap smells, never smell your hands after you come out of the bathroom. (laughs) That is awesome. I love it. Hey, guys, make sure you head over to our website at manarena.org. Grab your free copy of my book. Tell them what great fathers tell their sons and daughters. And be on the lookout for our new book coming out, Man Laws 100 ways to lose your man card and rules to live by make sure you click the join the program button guys get involved in one of our many virtual teams that happen all around the country and help you become your best version in the stress bubble of life until next time feel the wet sand on the arena floor hear the deafening roar of the crowd taste the sweetness of victory smell the stench of battle get in the game get dirty grind it out and be a man What type of dad are you? Guys, in my 35 years of ministry, I've noticed that guys basically fall into two categories. And in those categories, there are four types of dad or four phases that you pass through as a dad. We just dropped an amazing quiz to help you discover what type of dad you are. Find out what type of father you are and get our custom resources fit to meet the needs and the questions you are asking. Head on over to menarena.org. Join 20,000 men from around the world and find out the type of dad you are.